Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful, for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here today with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Bruce. I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I've been working out for like three weeks straight, and that's paying off. And it looks like, Bruce, it looks like it's happening. It looks like solid plans are in place. What are you looking for there, Bruce? Looks like solid plans are in place. I can't hear you. Can you hear me? No. Oh, all right. Solid plans in place for the NHL playoffs. And um, you're still, still, I can't hear you. Is there something? Yeah. Mike's right here. Hello? You got to pull it all closer to you. Holy moly. All righty. Solid plans in place, Bruce, for the NHL playoffs. The uh, not final plans, but it looks like there's going to be 24 teams in the playoffs with a first round featuring um, four teams getting a bye based on winning percentage. Based on your winning percentage, they rank the teams in the conferences. And um, based on that, the Oilers aren't one of the top four teams. They are, uh, are they fifth? And they will be playing the Chicago Blackhawks in the first round of the playoffs, it looks like. It's not finalized, but this is where it's headed. So because of that, Bruce, I'm in a good mood. I, I'm just, uh, I've been predicting um, for some time that there will be NHL playoffs. It struck me right from the start that there would be um, a couple things would happen. That the COVID crisis would be less in the summer because of how other coronaviruses behave in the summer. Uh, they tend to go away. A, B, that um, uh, there'd be fi- they would find a way to quarantine the play- players. Even if there was a bigger outbreak, they would find a way to successfully quarantine the players and have playoffs. And C, that there would be enough money just from staging the games on television um, to actually hold the playoffs and make money that way, even if there's no fans in the stands. And that's what it's turned out to be, Bruce, in this huge roster of playoff teams looks like it's been driven like the fact that we have 24 teams and not 16 teams which i would have preferred 16 teams that's driven by the economic model where sportsnet and other networks involved wanted the big markets in wanted more teams and wanted more tv content and they're ruling the day here um, so the nhl can make this economical and pay off for everybody and um, this is driven the current playoff format so uh, there's some fans bruce there's there's some fans some people aren't very happy with they're happy that hockey's coming back i i I assume but they're not very happy with the playoff format um and you're you're in that that camp so let's hear what you're what you're thinking darn right can you hear me all right for start i can hear you now yeah good good okay um yeah uh they brought they brought hockey back, and there was a lot of models that they could have gone by, and uh, they had to work at it pretty hard. But it seems to me, as a, as a paranoid Oilers fan with reason, of paranoia after after many years in this, uh, that they managed to find the one system that forced the Oilers to play a fifth series, whereas uh, all the other top divisional teams only have to play four. Uh, They've done, I mean, 
they turned away a model that saw the team simply finish out the regular season or a chunk of the regular season and go with the 16-team playoff. They turned away a model that had a 20-game, 20-team playoffs where you had 10 versus 7, 9 versus 8 in the given conference in a play-in structure and managed to go all the way to 24 because there was a couple of high-profile markets, uh, notably um, New York Rangers, Montreal Canadiens, Chicago Blackhawks that are all in that 21 to 24 range. So they increased to 24 uh, and just go directly into playoffs, which is one thing the players were worried about right from the start, is that if you drop them back in three months' time, have not played any games, and just right away playoff games, that is a huge stress, huge stress on, on the players coming back. Uh, and they found a structure where they have, uh, in each conference, 12 teams. We talked about this in our last podcast. It's similar to what the NHL did in, from 1974 to 78, where uh, the top teams got a bye, top four got a bye, and 5 through 12 played each other in the playoffs. And in, that, in those days, the byes were based on first place in the division, and the four first place in division teams each got a bye. Uh, and... This time around, even though they had a, a playoff structure since 2013-14 that's been based on divisions, divisional rivalries, where uh, first place in the division, first top three teams in the division are guaranteed playoff spots, top two are guaranteed home ice advantage, you're guaranteed a whole bunch of divisional rivalries in the first two rounds of the playoffs that, for whatever reason, that's been cast aside, and they've defaulted back to the old model of conference playoffs. And in the conference playoffs, instead of having the top two from each division, they've gone with the top four in the conference. Moreover, they've gone by points percentage rather than points, where Edmonton is fourth in the Western Conference in points right now. But by points percentage, they slide down to fifth, and Dallas Stars who, by the way, are 10th overall in the NHL, managed to get into the, the buy position in the West while Edmonton is forced to play an extra series. And I'm pretty unhappy about that, uh, uh, that little slate of hand. I mean, to me, the divisional structure was the way just stick to divisions. You want to you promote these divisional rivalries, Gary. How about promoting divisional rivalries? Instead, we have eight play-in series where one, one out of the eight is a divisional rivalry, and all the rest are cross, you know, uh, Pacific versus Central. All four series in the uh, in the West are Pacific versus Central. Do you really care yeah. though, Bruce, about yes. divisional rivalries? Like yeah, I, actually, I don't. Been, that's what they've been growing but, for but years. Yes, does, does it do. really matter? Yes, well, I, I can see being upset the owners don't have a buy. Hundred percent do, do matter. Why? You try it... and win the division, then you win the conference, then you win the cup. It's the way it's supposed to work. That's how the Oilers won all their cups. They won their division. They won the Smythe division. Then they took on the Campbell Conference champions. Then they took on Eastern Conference champions. To me, the divisional rivalries is a big thing. And instead of having what would have been six out of eight series with uh, divisional rival rivals playing each other, there's one out of eight. Okay. And with more of the same in the second round. So, what about them not getting the buy? What do you think about that? Like well, Dallas, Dallas getting the buy and them not getting it. It pisses me off. 
because Dallas is in third place in their division and Edmonton's in second in theirs. I mean, to me, the bye is the exact equivalent to home ice advantage in the playoffs. You have eight teams that start the playoffs on home ice. You have eight teams that are getting the bye under this new format. Well, the eight teams that would start the playoffs in the home ice, Edmonton Oilers were one of them. Dallas Stars were not, because Edmonton's in second place in their division. Dallas Stars are not. And yet, they're going by points percentage to decide, that, oh no, Dallas is ahead of Edmonton, and let's get an eighth American team in those eight uh, by positions, and uh, let's force the second place Edmonton Oilers of all the top two teams in the four divisions, let's force the second place Edmonton Oilers to play an extra playoff series. And I think it's a ripoff. So here's what uh, Kristen Shilton says. Mm-hmm. Where does she write? Kristen Shilton. Let me just see here. TSN. Yeah. Get back to her comment. She says, Hockey is like pizza. It's always good. Even if it's not from your favorite place, even if it's not the best you've ever had, it's still pizza. And some kind of pizza is better than no pizza. Don't be mad about this format that hockey will most likely come back with. So, uh, listen, I, I, if people are like, I actually uh, share somewhat your, your peak about the whole thing with Dallas getting the buy and the orders not getting the buy. I agree that that stinks. Like that that's not that that that's not my preference. Although Bruce, part of me also thinks that playing that first round series, like I know it could take a lot out of you, yep. but I think that playing those high intensity games um is going to be could be better for the teams in the long run through the playoffs and certainly in the second in the cer- cer- if you're playing a bye team in that first round you will, I think you might have an advantage of having played higher competitive games than the bye games um, are going to be. And I, so I, part of me thinks, and especially because the Oilers' first-round opponent, the Chicago Blackhawks, aren't a particularly physical teams. It's not like you're playing the 1989-90 Detroit Pistons and you're the Chicago Bulls. I just watched that last night. Um, and what a great series that is, the Michael Jordan thing, mm-hmm. uh, the last dance. But it's not like you're playing... That the Philadelphia Flyers circa 1974, you're playing the Chicago Blackhawks, which are which is a it's a skill team. They're not a hugely physical team. I'm just looking at their Andrew Shaw's not even playing. I don't believe. Um, who's their toughest? You know, do they have anyone like uh, now? That doesn't Connor Murphy's a tough player. They got some tough players, but this isn't. I'm not anticipating this is going to be a hugely nasty first round for the Oilers. But it could be it's going to be super competitive. The Oilers could lose. They could lose to Patrick Kane and the Blackhawks. But I think there there might be some advantage having a tougher series. You go into the second round, you're you're more geared up and you have so that's thoughts playing on my mind as well. And I am in kind of this is I'm happy with any pizza at all crowd. Listen, there's there's been so many worries that I've been focused on and other people have been focused on. This just seems like the least of all worries to me. And I'm not, and maybe that's why I just, but I'm, I'm generally having a hard time getting outraged. And for me, that's unusual. <laughs> well, I'm interested in competitive fairness. And like I say, I think they had to jump through a few hoops here to, uh, I mean, they, they were all so worried about a team that was just outside the playoffs 
not getting a chance of getting in. And here we have 12th place teams that are 10 points in arrears. And instead of having any attempt to finish off the regular season, they're in. And they're in with a basically an equal chance as teams that were well and firmly in playoff positions uh, and are playing off. And here's what Michael Parcati wrote. And he's a, he's a, he's an analyst uh, by day and a hockey analyst by by night. Uh, he says, what's most insane about the 24-team suggested format is that it inordinately impacts a select few teams. Chicago and Montreal go from like 1% chance of making the playoffs to let's back the envelope 40%, while the Oilers go from about 95% to 60%. He's given the Oilers a 60-40 chance of winning the series. And the hockey reference... Uh, com odds had 2.5% chance for Chicago and 93.4% chance for Edmonton. Basically, the regular season is almost getting cast aside. And then he says, you have a bizarre cutoff point. Oilers go from 95% to 60%, whereas Dallas goes from 95% to 100%. And the Oilers actually have a superior goal differential, he says. And, in fact, the Oilers have more points than Dallas. And the tiebreaker... Uh, it says points percentage can be used to break a tie, but it's not even a tie. Edmonton's ahead. So they, they're basically circumventing that rule altogether. And I understand the, cir- the circumstances are unusual, to say the least. But where does it say points percentage is, is, is the be-all and end-all? It doesn't. It says points percentage will break a tie if the teams are tied. But if they're not, the team with the most points is ahead. Well, that's gone by the boards. Uh, they've got... Um, uh, if you dropped Edmonton's last two games, so they had the even number of games as Dallas... They're tied in points, and Edmonton has clearly got the uh, first tiebreaker, which is second tiebreaker beyond games played, which is 31 regulation wins to 26. They got a better goal differential. I mean, to me, Edmonton was a better team than Dallas. And you know what? They're in second place in their division. That's where I keep going back to. And So is this Pittsburgh considered Penguins playoffs? Is four points ahead of uh, Dallas, and yet they have to play in because they're in the wrong conference. So they really have to kind of mix and match with is, is this systems. considered playoffs, the first round, the playoffs? I have no or idea. Play-ins? So, listen, if this is a a way of, listen, they couldn't, come on, they couldn't have the regular season. They couldn't play out the regular season. Not all that games, was never no. going to happen. Like, you couldn't convince those seven teams with those players who had no chance of making the playoffs to, to, to get fully in shape, get ready for it. That made no sense. It's just logistically impossible right. to, to finish the regular season. So 100%. I'm not... In terms of raising that as an issue, to me, that is a non-issue. They they can't finish the regular season. Now, if this play-in is considered a a fitting, like an end to the, if it's considered regular season play, and these will be considered regular season statistics as opposed to playoff statistics, uh, that's that's an interesting way to figure out the the rest of the regular season. I see it as a first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, so in that, in that five I, rounds, yeah, yeah, and I see that I'm for some reason it's more acceptable to me as the first round of the playoffs than as the as the way to solve the regular season because it, the you know then Edmonton seems to be screwed a little bit more, but anyway, it's all I, I, I just yep. don't, I just can't get upset about it, Bruce. I, I don't feel like I need to apologize for that or to criticize you oh, for yeah. being upset about it. Everyone's going to feel how they feel, like as I was saying before this. I was really upset with the last World Cup. I didn't watch it because mm-hmm. of Team North America, like Connor McDavid not being on Team Canada. Mm-hmm. I just hated that idea so much. And it was so offensive to me that I did not watch. I did not watch the World Cup because of that. It, it, I just thought they've ruined it. 
They've ruined what what was great about international competition was best of the best. Team Canada doesn't have Connor McDavid. I'm not watching it, and I didn't. Well, I maybe I watched one game, uh, but I didn't watch. How much of these, I didn't watch the final. How much of these playoffs will you watch uh, once, uh, uh, assuming Edmonton gets eliminated at some point along the way? Well, they're not. How much, to Bruce. They're how much of these the contrived playoffs will you? I don't like will, your negativity, you? Bruce. The Oilers are on the way to the cup. They're going, to win. they're going to win. Well, yeah, they're going to just blow through five teams. I mean, this this fifth team is an obstacle, and that's my concern. It's not so much Chicago. It's a whole extra series, and it's going to take a toll. To me, now, when I'm talking about regular season, I'm talking about a, um, um, a proposal they had going that had serious legs, and I thought this one actually made a lot of sense. And from a time perspective, it's identical. Because uh, the idea was six... Um, uh, 24 teams into um, sort of a, an extra round of regular season. You have four groups of six teams separated by division with wild cards. So that the seventh place Chicago, which is way better than any of the California teams, would get a wild card position in the uh, in the Pacific. And the seventh place Rangers, which is way better than the teams at the bottom of the uh, Atlantic division, would get the wild card position. So that's the same way as a fifth place team going to get a wild card right now. Basically exact same spirit of the rules get the six teams together in each division play one round robin five games which is the same as best of five like it would take the exact same amount of time uh use either the real standings or some formula of the standings that they had proposed to to uh give teams that had earned the lead an actual lead as opposed to starting on a level ground with a 24th place team and uh, play out those those games, then every team in the league would be guaranteed five games, minimum five games. And then from that, you determine your first, second, third, your two wild cards, and you carry on with your uh, uh, with your playoffs. That was the structure. I mean, wasn't perfect. There's no perfect. Batman said there's no perfect. And on this occasion, I agree with Batman. But that doesn't mean you search around and find the least perfect. And I- I, I see the I like the, I like the, the that round so it's the twenty four teams and you have a round robin divisional round robin and and determine playoff the mm-hmm. uh, the sixteen playoff teams that way I'm, that listen if they had done that I would have been good with that too I guess I guess I yep. uh, I'm just not too picky is the thing here like I'm not too picky about this and and I I, I that sounds good to me I can see the rationale for this as well and um you know you have it's, it's conference why playoffs conference ranked. instead of division playoffs david why switch from what you've been playing for all year which is divisional standings why suddenly there's an emphasis on conference well, my understanding is it's like it's driven by they want to get certain cities make sure certain cities are in the playoffs and so sports can was... make more money and the nhl can make more money and i'm bruce i'm not against that like mm-hmm. i'm okay they have to make. They're they're all no, trying. I, I get that. They're I trying that to make their business too. work. They're trying to make this model work, and they're trying to make. They're used to making so much money. It's a mm-hmm. lot of money. It's an obscene amount of money. They're used to making it, but that's their right. Like this is their business. They can. They they're making what they think is the best business decision to keep this league on sound financial footing. Maybe if the Oilers weren't on such sound financial footing, people would be thinking, "Oh, this is a good idea. We need this." You know, the orders are really strong right now financially, so that hasn't been a concern in Edmonton for some time. But I'm not against them running their business to try to, try to maximize profits, and and it's not that offensive to me. As you say, there's a precedent for this. The NHL ran their whole playoffs this way for mm-hmm. 
for what is it four years yep. so um i'm not arguing with you on the 24 teams being in there that, that's a done deal why switch from division to conference when you could do the same 24 teams the same playoff structure but actually do it by divisions the way this season was designed and the way the teams have been playing towards playoff positions this season they would abandoned it not change the playoff? Would it? Who would if if they didn't go by points percentage, but but went by divisional, where yeah. teams are ranked in the division? Would they be the same twenty four teams? Uh, yeah, if you had the wild cards, and I think the wild card, I mean, that would be true to form too, where you could have a seventh place team beat out a sixth place team because they're better. So no teams would change if you didn't go by points. Same twenty four teams. Okay, all right. So that's, same twenty four yeah. teams. Listen, and you'd I'm have not, better matchups because you'd have traditional rivalries in this play in round instead of these weird cross cross divisional things. I, I think your suggestion's better. I'll give you that. I think I would have preferred that too. But that said, I, I, it is I'm what okay. it is. I understand yeah, that, I'm and okay I just that. don't have to be happy with it. And you know, you, you do not. Okay. Like I say, I've got, I got, a, I have a long grievance list of off ice issues going back to Bank Gustafson getting stolen from the Oilers when they first entered the NHL, and going back to Wayne Gretzky losing the Calder Trophy on one technicality and the Art Ross Trophy on another technicality in his brilliant uh, first NHL season as it's officially recorded in the record books. Paul Coffey and, getting screwed out of two Norris trophies that he should have won because of Eastern sports writers. Bruce, I share all of these grievances with you and I am, I'm actually unhappy that I do not share this one. I wish mm -hmm. I, I like that list of grievances. I take mm -hmm. a lot of well, joy. Well, my has got plus one on it. You're, um, you have one more grievance than me and I'm a little jealous. I'm a little envious of you right now, yep. but that's how the world works. You yeah. can't have everything. I can't share that grievance. <laughs> all right. He grabbed but, his pad too. To me, that's an off-ice issue because they screwed up the replay. They forced on us all these years, these stupid replays that they choke on when it actually matters and decides playoff series. Now, that that's, is that is the grievance of all grievances. <laughs> grabbed his Although, pad. <laughs> I, you have to wonder, if Ben Gustafson had been with the Oilers, like, my only fear is if Ben Gustafson had been with the Oilers, would they have drafted Yari Curry? Like, maybe they would have pat, like, maybe they wouldn't have thought. But anyway, that's, that's a long yeah. time ago. Bruce, let's talk about uh, a couple other things. Sure. So there's a prediction from a stats analyst mm -hmm. by the name of what is John name? Tierney. John Tierney, and uh, he's made he's he's run the numbers through his model computer simulation. I don't know how many millions of games he ran through it to come up with these numbers. But he predicts in a five-game, in a seven-game series, if it had been seven games, the Oilers would have lost in seven to the Blackhawks. But in a in a five-game series, he sees the Blackhawks uh, winning in four games. So that's what his computer model is telling us. But I should say that he, like the the difference between these two teams based on his computer model, there's just an infinitesimal difference in many of these games that he's modeled. And uh, but the fact is that the Blackhawks really are pretty good team and, and with some very very dangerous players and Jim Matheson of the Edmonton Journal points out that uh, Patrick Kane in 25 games versus the Oilers has 44 points in his 25 last games versus the Oilers Patrick Kane had an excellent season this year yeah um, he's a very very dangerous hockey player and mm -hmm. one of the reasons apparently 
uh, Elliot Friedman was saying that the initial idea was to play a three-game series. And teams strongly ob objected to that, saying it didn't. It gave certain teams a bit of an advantage that ha hadn't done well in the regular season, like Montreal with Carey Price and Chicago with Kane. Players who might suddenly get hot and steal a couple games in a row and knock out a team that did on better all regular season. So they moved from three games to five games because of that. And I'm glad that happened. Uh, I agree with that concern. I think over time, the, the better team has a better chance of winning out. And five games favors the Oilers. It gives the Oilers more of an advantage. Seven games would have even been better. But then you start to get into the wear and tear issue a bit more. Parkati suggests that the, to really make it fair, Chicago should have to win four of the five games over Edmonton. <laughs> you like that. I like well, that. I like that. what he said. What he, what he said made a whole <laughs> lot of horse sense about the 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 uh, all, yeah. unleveling of our, our re-leveling of what had been established positions. And it's, a lot of it's been torn down. So the, the Blackhawks, of course, didn't expect to make the playoffs. So here's one here's one piece of leveling that went on during the regular season, which I which I really like. The Blackhawks didn't expect to make the playoffs, Bruce. So they traded away Eric mm -hmm. Gustafson, who's a fantastic hockey player to the Calgary Flames, and they traded away Robin Leonard, right? Right. Who did, who yeah. did Leonard go to? Vegas. Is Vegas. So so Chicago really weakened itself. And I like that. I think there's some real poetic justice there in the fact that the Blackhawks kind of... Um, and the other suggestion that I really liked was Friedman's suggestion. That if the Oilers were to lose to the Blackhawks, they would trade They would trade draft order. He wrote this in 31 Thoughts. So if the Blackhawks win, the Oilers get their, get their ranking in the playoffs or for, the, for the NHL draft. So that was another... Uh, that was a suggestion from Friedman that I, that I loved and I thought would be yeah. fair. All the teams that lose in the play-in round should be ranked ahead of the teams that uh, that get through for the draft. Yeah, and I think I think Friedman's right about that. I don't. They'll. I wonder if they'll do that. But they should. The order should absolutely insist upon that because it's bullshit. That would be bullshit mm -hmm. if if that didn't happen. If you if you don't make the round of sixteen and then Chicago gets a better draft pick, come on. But again, that's probably unlikely to happen. Happen, uh, but. So, Bruce, uh, have you done any analysis? What do you think of the prediction that Chicago might beat the Oilers? Have you done any? I haven't really dug oh, into it. What do they win ga one game by 2.78 to 2.74 exactly. by this model? You know. Yeah, it was. It was. So, I mean, I mean, some of that is to a degree tongue in cheek, but I mean, what he's saying and what's true is that it's closer. Uh, I mean, the league is a parity league that you put any two teams on the ice on a given night, they both have a chance to win, and. Yes. There's no home ice advantage in the in the sense that there's going to be nobody playing home games with cheering crowds and so on in the, in the playoffs. Hopefully, you'll have matchup advantages, uh, and for the odd game. Um, but uh, I mean, Chicago after a terrible start, they were pretty good, and you know Patrick Kane. I mean, you know, let's get real here. He's real good. And he has, uh, Maddie gave his points. Well, in his career, he's got 56 points in 43 games against Edmonton. Just in the last five years, because, of course, some of that's ancient history, and the Oilers were terrible for a lot of years. But in the last five years, since McDavid came to Edmonton, Kane's played 15, all 15 games between Edmonton and Chicago, seven goals, 20 points. 
and McDavid's played 11 of the 15 against Chicago, two goals, 10 points. So to just sort of assume, well, we got McDavid, and therefore that's a that's a big advantage. Well, geez, Kane is he's he's torched Edmonton consistently for years, including this year, and you know he's a huge huge factor. Uh, he is getting older. Jonathan Taves is getting older. Duncan Keith is getting older. But those guys have been through a few wars. Uh, they're they're very much a team to. Uh, well, fear is quite the word. Respect though. Absolutely. Oh. They got thrown into and they, they get put in an environment where, okay, boys, you have one task in front of you uh, and you can salvage what was a pretty crappy season for you. If you can beat the, uh, you know, uh, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisettle and the Edmonton Oilers in round one and you've got all these experienced uh, champions on that team uh, rested up and focused on that task. I mean, it's not going to be easy. They're, they're, you know, it's just an extra layer. And like you say, my, my, if they lose, if Warriors lose to Chicago, they're going to get dumped on and they're probably going to deserve some of it. But the issue is more, it's a fifth series. And, you know, anyway, we talked about that. It's, uh, it's specific to Chicago. No Robin Lehner. That's, uh, that, that's just as well. Although Corey Crawford was coming into his own and Crawford's stats are basically identical to Koskinen. He's, 919 save percentage, 277 goals against average. Costner's 917 and 275. So, and of course, we don't know which Edmonton goalie's going to start, whereas we're pretty sure Corey Crawford's going to get all of the workload uh, for Chicago since they traded their other main goalie during the season. But again, it's a five game series. It's not like we're going to necessarily get a chance at their, you know, their weaker depth in net. Because uh, they have, a, you know, a, a, a still a proven number one netbinder. So I'm not so yeah. Carry on. I'm not so worried about the stats model, Bruce. You know, mm-hmm. there's one stats model out there that predicts that Valerie Nakushkin on his own could beat the Oilers in the first round. So, uh, you know, well, I don't always put a lot of weight in those stats models. Um, here's here's why I'm confident the Oilers mm-hmm. in the first round. If you look at the Oilers uh, roster right now, yep. um, what what how because uh, Nygaard is healthy, yep. and um, so the, you know you're gonna have a top line. I think Tyler Ennis with McDavid and Cassian. You'll have the dynamite line, Nugent Hopkins, Drysaitel, and Yamamoto. You'll have a checking line of Nygaard, Shea, and Archibald, mm-hmm. and then you'll have Athanasiu, um, uh, Haas, or Kara and chase on on your fourth line mm-hmm. the orders have four solid lines on defense they've got three solid pairings of defensemen the only question for me is in net and that's a big question especially in a small series mike smith and koskinen can they can they be the better goalie than than crawford and suban so i i think the owners are are quite a bit better team than the blackhawks and but it's gonna. There's the goalie question, and I just, I just see this Oilers team as they, they've known all along they're getting in the playoffs. They've been working. Yeah. I'm, they, I'm sure they've been working out. They're psychologically ready. It's not like McDavid's 20 anymore either, or 18. Nope. You know, he, he, these guys are, they're ready to win in the playoffs. McDavid and Drysaddle. They're gonna come out there hitting, skating, playing like we've never seen them play before, better than we've ever seen them play before. I think they're going to take it to the Hawks and beat the Hawks. 
even though I haven't done, you know, any kind of in-depth analysis, I just think the owners are psychologically there. They've got to be ready for it. They've been preparing this whole time. I don't know if the Blackhawks have. Maybe they, maybe they've been sitting around watching Netflix and not not getting ready because they weren't expecting to make the playoffs. So I'm, I, I, of course, there's things to worry about. But I think the Oilers are gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna beat the Blackhawks. I'm expecting some very sloppy hockey in the play-in round and and the uh, um, the round robin that the uh, buy teams get to play some warm-up games without any fear of actually getting eliminated. Uh, and I'm expecting some pretty sloppy hockey and uh, maybe less sloppy in terms of there won't be any spitting on the eye. Like there's going to be so much different. There, there's going to be rules. There's going to be uh, restriction. It's not going to be, well, you finish the season on Sunday and you start the playoffs on Thursday, right? It's like this huge layoff. And when they come back, the whole everything environment will have changed, including the structure of the playoffs. And readiness is, I mean, it's a matter of degree. No one's going to be fully ready. It's, you know, they have I mean, a little training camp will help, but uh, they won't have, as far as I know, any exhibition games or anything and just dropped right into, you know, elimination games right off the bat. And I'm, I'm expecting, you know, a little bit of sloppiness or a lot of sloppiness. And, uh, of course, as is often the case, goaltending and puck luck are going to be huge, huge factors. I mean, we've said it ourselves, David, and, you know, in, in any game, it's it's two big plays, two big bounces, two big saves, as opposed to two good, two bad, and two numbers that we do in our podcast. You know, and yeah. that's how a lot of games are decided. And when you're talking about best five, I mean, anyway. Could be worse. It could be one game, like, you know, like the... Champions League soccer, I guess it's two games, but that uh, they played home and away. It's it's and, and even more luck in in European football. It just really comes down to luck on a certain level where there's so few goals. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I I'm 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 really glad, Bruce, that we're going to have some hockey here, and it's looking like we are. Well, and that's where I'm left with all this, and I'm really happy that we're we're going to see some games here. Got a, they've got a structure. What we don't have yet is host cities, uh, a date. Uh, um, uh, protocols. I mean, there, there's this. This was just one of several hurdles, and the fact that it yeah. this actually involves the playing of the games itself is is uh, more hopeful uh, than certain other news might be. But uh, uh, there's still a few hurdles to cross. But yeah, let's bring on some games whenever they're going to happen, uh, and and uh, and. Uh, you know, take them as they come. I mean, I'm going to watch the games just because I wish the Oilers were in a different situation, uh, befitting a second place team. Uh, doesn't mean I'm not going to watch the games and be, uh, you know, involved as ever. But uh, uh. The, the fourth factor and the reason I always thought there would be games is these, like these owners are hugely successful driven people. The players are hugely successful driven people. These are all people that, that love to compete, want to compete. They want to make money. And I always thought that that kind of can-do mindset would win out over any other concern and that they were going to proceed unless there was some some kind of health concern that simply could not be addressed. And I, that right. never seemed reasonable. But the fact now that they've announced this, mm-hmm. the, the ball is, is, it's not just, you know, you know, maybe they were pushing the ball up the hill for a long mm-hmm. time there in terms of the getting, the ball's rolling down the hill towards the playoffs now. 
Like it's, it's, it's an avalanche and this is going to happen. Like there's, I, I, so I've gone from 90% to 99 to 99.9%. I'm now at a hundred percent. This is going to happen, Bruce. The momentum is irresistible at this point. And when you look at the, where the COVID uh, pandemic is headed in, in this city and in other cities across the United States, I don't think that's going to change in the next little while being uh, summertime. So this is going to happen. I, this is going to happen, and I'm 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 glad. So here's an ironic little factoid for you, David. If the if this had happened in either of the last two seasons, at the same timing and everything, the crappy 22nd place Edmonton Oilers would have been would have the seized their way into the playoffs both years, and yet they were on the outside looking in that time. And this year, where they're legitimately a playoff side. You know, the timing of this. So Bruce, 2020. In, under your sucked. scenario, Bruce, I hate to say this, we would have needed COVID outbreaks both other years. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'll go with what happened. I'll just take yeah. the one outbreak. And let's, everything's turned on its head. And again, mm-hmm. because yeah, of that, everything. I'm just happy. Like, I'm just, I'm mm-hmm. counting my blessings on this one. Like, honestly, I really am. And I don't feel anything mm-hmm. about that. Maybe I'm just glad because my predictions be turning out to be true. Maybe that's part of my happiness. It probably is. But uh, more than that, I really am. I really am happy. You know, we're part of the hockey industry, our blog, our readership. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that we have something, you know, we meaningful to write about. And, and you know, the business model for, the, for, for, for our existence, doing this work, which I'm really happy to do. It's a lot of fun. I love doing it. I'm happy, I'm happy because of that as well. Like, there's a lot of different reasons, personal, being a fan. I also think that I also think that people really need this. Like I, I know there's all been the, all of this talk. Like, ah, oh, well, you know, we maybe you know, I'd rather some fans are saying I'd rather not, there wasn't hockey. And but I think that actually, and that this playoffs is going to have an asterisk beside it. Yeah, it's going to have an asterisk. The most mm-hmm. important playoffs of your lifetime is what it is. What that's going to mean because this is a real to me a real symbol that we're getting back on track we're getting going again we're coming out of this horrible lockdown which has been devastating for people's business which has been devastating for the economy and we're getting back on track we have this we have this disease on it you know we, we've cramped it down tamped it down put it it's it's for now. It, the numbers are going down so for me the significance is enormous of this playoff series we're getting our lives society back together hopefully we can keep it on track and this is a signal of that, and it's a sign of that. So for all those reasons, I'm really, I'm really right. optimistic and happy about it. The fear, of course, is a second wave coming in when the temperatures cool down again. But yeah, uh, for anyway. sure, definitely. Uh, but I but think the way we, things I think are we know now, how to do. I think we know how to do things now. We've learned a lot about who's who's vulnerable, who isn't, and how to protect them. I hope hope we've learned that, and I suspect that we have. Uh, like. Listen, my my parents are in a, a senior's home in downtown Edmonton. Um, they know now uh, what to do to protect those people, and I think right. I think we're going to be okay. But when's we'll the last time you saw, you saw them, David? Mark, well, or? you can you, you like they can't even get out, Bruce. Like they huh. they they can't go walk to the down. botanic gardens. They can't get out and walk around. You know, I can see them across the room, like right. where. And this is just in the last couple of weeks where you can actually visit them. They've oh, yeah, been cooped okay, up good. and locked out of the rooms. Like anyway, I don't want to get I've into it. I've been thinking so much about the, the nightmare about the seniors for, and for the seniors. fear and the, and the, the 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 isolation and the loneliness. Just brutal. 
it's just it's at least been, they're going to have hockey to watch, eh, David? I mean, this is the bright side of all of this, isn't it? Yeah, it's been devastating for people in those seniors' homes, but the, the fear of and and you know and they they're in a seniors' home where there was zero spread of the disease, so for them yeah. it's they haven't had that, but they've had that fear. But yeah, hopefully there'll be a vaccine soon. You know, I I, I don't have my fingers crossed. I have my fingers crossed on that, but you know that looks. But there's there's happy talk about that and optimistic talk so there's, we'll see. there's one more happy happier factoid for you as edmonton versus chicago will feature four of the last five art ross trophy winners should be an exciting series run and gun run and gun boilers and three all right <laughs> thanks bruce thanks for talking today all right thanks for listening everyone and in the meantime and in between times this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast. Hat tip to Ed Whalen. Malfunction.